This is Nordic Innovation Forecast. How can data, big data, improve our health, prevent disease and secure the existence of the world's best healthcare system that we do have in the Nordics? This is the overarching subject for this installment of Nordic Innovation Forecast and here are the people you will hear from in this episode. My name is Rasmus Marvel. Um, I work for Nordic Innovation. I've been doing that for about four years now. I'm also working uh, with the Health Demography and Quality of Life program, and I'm leading our health initiative on called Health Tech and Life Science. Hi, my name is uh, Lina Gerstrand, and I work as the Smart City Coordinator at the city of Aarhus in Denmark, the second largest city in Denmark. I've been working with smart cities for almost a decade. So hi, my name is Teppo Rantanen. I'm the Executive Director for Growth, Innovation and Competitiveness here at the city of Tampere. Uh, one role that I have in the city is to lead our smart city programs, which we have been running for the last five years. My name is Nils Johan Halvorsen. The reality is that the, the demographics of uh, the Nordic countries, as in most Western countries, is changing. The populations are getting older, um, and that means that there is a stress on the on our public healthcare systems. Together with many others, Nordic Innovation believes that technology is the way to go to preserve our public healthcare system in the future. One of the ways to utilize tech and data is to focus more on preventive health. Also, because that in the Nordics we use about 10% of our gross national product on treatments, but only 0.3% on preventive health. One of the most, say, cost-effective ways to balance this spending is to use healthcare data. The health data in the Nordics is exceptionally good. There's, there's probably no other region in the world that has as good health data as we have in the Nordics. So if we if we use this data to come up with new solutions and know more about, I mean, get, get a better sort of feel for what what specific needs are there for specific diseases, then that's a way to solve this. So it, to me, the the most important thing here is that we are able to utilize the healthcare data that we already have in a much better way than we are today. Today, the innovation on healthcare data is, is, is pretty limited. Um, and I think that if we, can, if we can use this, then we can also come up with new solutions. If we can also use the, the, the health data across the Nordic borders and, and, um, and utilize the health data together with the data streams that the cities have, then we have a very good possibility to come up with new solutions that will be better for the citizens of the Nordics, it will be better for the healthcare systems, and it will also be better for the industry because there will be possibilities to both deliver new solutions for the Nordic healthcare systems, but also export possibilities. And in Tampere, Finland, one such project is ongoing, as Teppo Rantanen tells. We started the project with a couple of pilots where we are uh, monitoring uh, school kids in uh, in uh, Sydjurs, where we are looking at how they are, you know, moving around uh, when we put technology to, to monitor them for a couple of weeks period. Uh, 
and uh, and see if they're fulfilling the sort of a need for a school kid to move around. At the same time, we look at data, existing data we had already from both school kids and elderly people, which we could also see that uh, how we could uh, use that data and combine it that to the public data. That is what we are doing right now. We are now trying to find the right uh, correlations and make the right analysis of, of uh, this different type of data that we've got. We've already got a really interesting set of data. Now we are really uh, need to uh, do further work to, to understand the correlations and how that links to uh, the preventive role of, of health data uh, in the future. Tell us a little bit more about what you started out expecting to use this data for? Our expectations was to look at uh, the data that we can get to link it with, uh, if you take, for example, the school kids and, and they're moving around, how they fulfill that, what, how does it correlate with the uh, uh, the, the potential uh, uh, illnesses that uh, school kids might develop uh, with not moving around? And is there a correlation when you move that uh, needle and you have to, of course, do the monitoring on a longer term? Uh, how does it uh, react to, you know, all the problems that uh, people might be uh, getting when they are growing older? Um, and if that has a, if you look at big masses, if that has an effect on, you know, what are the needs and what are the specific uh, uh, need for the for the public uh, health care on the elderly people we had a little bit different angle because there we already know that there's a lot of existing uh, health issues and uh, our goal there is to look at okay if with that data we can reduce the already existing need for you know um, additional uh, health care if we can make sure that people are actually being um, uh, as they are better monitored, uh, they're also better being served at homes. Uh, and if they do things themselves, which improve their situation uh, with understanding the data better, then they could start, you know, actually not uh, bringing so much uh, uh, more uh, work for, for the healthcare uh, officials and, and authorities and the system. So these were the two themes that uh, we are digging deeper into. And, and try to really find through the analysis, through the correlation, and hopefully we can uh, in increase that understanding using more artificial intelligence on how we are uh, dealing with the health data. But we are, we are still uh, in the middle of that uh, project. Also in Aarhus, Denmark, the health aspect is included in Smart City Aarhus, coordinated by Line Gerstrand. Well, we have several projects, but one of the projects that we've been running with Nordic Innovation and the, the project Nordic Healthy Cities is on sleep monitoring. And um, we have uh, tried to install uh, two kinds of sleep monitors with um, people with dementia in um, uh, nursing homes um, and actually found out that if we measure the sleep, then we can um, use tools to regulate their sleep much better. So we can, for example, use light um, to regulate the sleep. And, and the result is that the citizens get a much better um, life quality because we can help them regulate their sleep pattern. Um, so that's the basic of it. And when you say the learning, I mean, sleep, sleep monitoring technology is not new. But what is new is that we have to do it in a GDPR compliant way. And we actually succeeded with 
um, creating a solution that does that and that the data stays within the city and does not go into a cloud or into a private company's <laughs> ownership or server. So that's, that's actually the new innovation here. Innovation is the key. Innovation and new collaborations. In Aarhus alone, there are almost 12,000 elderly receiving care and 51 nursing homes. And in the Nordics, we are getting older and older. To solve this problem, there needs to be collaboration both between countries, but also between public and private. And this is often a challenge. We are working to create more flexible um, public-private innovation partnerships that do not exclude um, the companies from being part of a tender afterwards. Um, that's their main concern with the companies often. Um, and then when you do a public-private innovation partnership, you're usually um, obliged to have full openness into all um, the processes and, and the products, which is also, of course, a challenge, a challenge for a commercial um, business. I think um, the, data, the data agreements are often also a challenge because technology, this is on a general scale, technology is... Um, a lot more or is cheaper in the US and a lot of good cool products are actually um, the data is saved in the US and that's that's a problem for, for us. Um, so we have to take the expensive local solutions that are safe and that take a long time and that are not so mature yet. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's one of the things. This, in my opinion, is an example of, of several things, right? Because if, if we get this uh, a monitoring tool up and running. We could get Nordic companies to actually produce it. We can use it across the Nordics. It is uh, it, it follows the Nordic standards. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, this is a very good example of uh, of potential Nordic cooperation and why uh, projects where you do collaborate across the Nordic borders actually works really well. You might find it difficult to picture how data actually can make us healthier. Here's a little hint from Finland. So if I if I look at from a, a couple of angles again, and, and depending on the group, so with, with the school kids, I think that we can uh, give them a better understanding of, uh, you know, how we can um, promote and uh, encourage and maybe find new ways of encouragement for the kids to to do this and moving around and, and finding the, uh, the the healthier lifestyle if i look at the uh, the elderly people one concrete thing is to just have a look at the uh, the data we have been gathering about the sleep uh, of of elderly people and how that sleep has actually a big big uh, correlation to a lot of illnesses that they have and if you can do better monitoring of of their sleep we can also be, give them better advice already how they can improve the quality of their sleep in these uh, in these uh, instances. So it would be very simple things in the beginning to give this sort of a information based on the data that we have. But <clears throat> the ambition is actually to to get into more, and it's it's uh, something we actually wrote in our, our new mayor program in Tampere, that our goal in the next four years is to give our citizens sort of a autonomous or, or um, sort of a pre 
pre preventive uh, uh, services so that uh, they don't even know what services they need but we will be able to give them those services so that they hey we think that based on the data that we have you are benefiting from these uh, these services this is the reality now i i think that we can either say that we move um, healthcare services and the way we think about health uh, in in the direction of what Apple here is describing, or I don't think that our healthcare systems will be able to deliver services to our citizens in 2030. And um, the reality is that technology is moving very fast. I think that a central job uh, for us, uh, whether that be tech or I, is to try to ensure that technology uh, within public services such as healthcare is made both available to the healthcare system, but is also made uh, available to the individual to use so that we ensure that all citizens in the Nordic countries can actually benefit from these new technologies. We know that there's data being used in from Finnish healthcare data that has made a an AI-based model for finding sepsis in uh, in very young children and babies that has caught the uh, and this this is actually being used in Iceland and and this has caught the time for di- of diagnosis by in half so. You know, instead of 48 hours, it's now down to around 24 hours. We know that uh, with regards to mental health, uh, there's now being looked into actually having a, an avatar, a, a, a virtual uh, image of yourself uh, that will sort of, you know, light up in your room uh, that you will then be able to speak to. Um, we, we've apparently this has come up as, a, as an issue during COVID because. Uh, people who had uh, mental difficulties prior to COVID has has felt the the loneliness <clears throat> to an even higher degree during COVID. So you know there are and and that is certainly sci-fi, right? I mean, if you have a have an image of yourself that's uh, then being illuminated that you can then talk and interact with, um, and and that has come up as a as something that's now actually being tested out. That's what they that's what some people say that this is what they need. So, so yes, it's sci-fi. Um, yes, it sounds futuristic. Uh, at the same time, it is important that also our healthcare systems uh, are moving uh, together with the rest of society, and it, we ensure that uh, people feel comfortable with this these new technologies. And that there is obviously quite a lot of work linked to that to ensure that people, that, that we ensure that everybody, all citizens are part of this development. That's for sure. Everybody needs to get on board, accept the technology, and even more important, be comfortable using both existing and new solutions based on their own and others' health data. This might seem futuristic and even scary, but it will surely be needed now and even more in the future. The utilization of healthcare data combined with other types of data may provide and does already provide more low-tech results. There is a lot of data out there, also in the municipalities and the cities, that if structured in the right way, 
and added together across the Nordics, we'll be able to come up with solutions which are not necessarily very high-fi, but which will still have a very positive effect on, on, uh, on preventive health. Things like, you know, should there be different trees or how big should the areas be in, 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 in which are green in the cities? And is there an ideal size of a playground for a school or something, right? I mean, there are, it's a rather broad specter of, of, uh, of potential solutions here to, uh, to work with, with preventive health that will have a, a positive effect on the health um, of the citizens in the Nordics. And we do need the research from the universities and other parts who can help us understand better what the data can actually mean. And a good example of uh, is just just read an article about the, uh, the the they had made a survey on the playground dirt with the, uh, the you know the small kids. And when you compare it to these uh, playgrounds where they had just normal you know um, either concrete or or, or something very sterile uh, uh, stone. And then they brought land from the wood and 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 the land from the forest and and put that on the on the ground there, and suddenly you found out that the kids were much healthier because they've been you know going through that dirt that has been part of their natural bringing their natural resistance higher up, and now it's causing a program where we are adding that sort of a a, a forest uh, ground to all of our playgrounds as much as possible for kids to play around because it makes them healthier. Our now ability to measure and monitor just about everything is already changing the way we think about preventive health it needs to, if our world-leading healthcare system is to be sustained. So we need to be smarter. Almost everything can be linked to preventive health. Traditionally, when you spoke about preventive health, it, it, was, it was sort of the moral police coming, right? Don't drink, don't smoke. Sleep at least eight hours, so on. So you know, don't put mayonnaise on your on on your food because it's unhealthy. You know, don't eat butter, all that kind of thing. I I, I think today we have moved slightly beyond that. Is, is your eating habits important? Yes. Is your drinking habit important? Yes. Is, is stopping smoking important? Yes, it is. But there are also other things here that that we need to focus on, and I think it's important that that the debate about preventive health doesn't end up in a trench where it's either treatment or prevent or prevention or preventive health or it is this moral police or people's just living a free life I, because i i think there are a lot of first of all there's a lot of things in between secondly there's a lot of things that we can now do because we have because we have a lot of data that is being collected anyway it, some of it is just not being used at all, and some of it is, is, is being used, but is, is not being utilized to its full potential. So I, I think it's a, I think it's important that we sort of are um, acutely aware that when we communicate that there is a need for a focus on preventive health, it's not just this moral policing thing. It's a lot of other things in there, and the potential there is much bigger than people maybe think, because people feel that they get good services when they go and get treatment. You go see a doctor, you get some pills, or you get an x-ray or whatever, you know, that, that's then, then you get service. But the reality is that most of us are actually better off by not going to a hospital. I mean, in the sense that if we have a healthy life, then we don't need to visit the doctor. And I think that's, a, that's an important message. Mm-hmm. 
In this episode of Nordic Innovation Forecast, you have heard from Teppo Rantanen, Line Gerstrand and Rasmus Malmborg. Thank you for listening. Thank you.